0: Luke Scott, who was at Otway Estate at the Prickly Moses, which became Prickly Moses, was Otway Estate at the time. Um, did a blueberry Hefeweizen. Now we'd, we'd heard of Hefeweizen, but we thought, hang on, blueberry fruit and a
1: beer. <laughs> what now, are you those things
0: about? now, you've got to have. Everyone's got one in their in their core range. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Crymalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner, and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views, and all of the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, the bad exploitation disco dancer Matt Kirkegaard, <laughs> and ace reporter and senior journalist, the doggedly determined determined DJ from the house of Brews, Claire, boom, 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 let's go back to my room, Burnett. G'day, guys.
2: <laughs> all right, watch it. Saucy mink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, just for those listening to the podcast uh, but not a member of the Facebook group, well, first, what's holding you back? Um, but second, um, yeah, album pairings. We, I love the, that within the the Brews News community and the, the broader uh, beer community, which is – based on innovation and entertainment and, um, you know, going outside the square, we do get lots of straight news um, fed to us by various sources, you know, in case you hadn't seen this, here's something, guys, that's great. But then every now and then something out of the box just comes up and um, I think we'll probably get, have a bit of a chat about that in um Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. let, let, Let's keep the uh, – everyone's enjoying the new format, so let's just keep the top end tight. The, Excellent. Hold the front page tight. Speaking of keeping things tight, the uh, AIBA presentation dinner is on Thursday, May the twentieth, Matt, twenty twenty-one. Are you guys going to be there?
2: Yeah, we're off, I think, aren't
0: we? We're going to be there. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to have the whole team there for the first time ever. Oh, excellent. Um, So, of course, celebrating excellence in beer making from Australia and around the world, the 2021 Australian International Beer Awards presentation dinner. Uh, New, a few new things this year. Um, It's still the world's largest annual beer competition uh, and particularly one that uh, not just annual, but also packaged and draft uh inspires and celebrates excellence in brewing now this year uh 2495 entries from 373 breweries in 21 countries uh making it one of the largest on record i think obviously last year was a a bit of a a non-starter but 2019 i'm going to say there are about 2200 entries so that's um that's a good chunk of um uh increase uh Thursday, 20th of May, so it's the Thursday of Good Beer Week at the fabulous new Victoria Pavilion at um, Melbourne Showgrounds. Mm -hmm. Attendees at the event will get the lowdown on the brews you need to be drinking in 2021. Uh, You can join with hundreds of brewers from around the globe in a celebration of the best in the beer biz. Uh, 11 major uh, trophy categories, including the coveted champion Australian beer and champion international beer, as well as 24 category trophies. So 35 trophies um, to be announced uh, all in one. So whoever is hosting is going to have their work cut out for them. Tickets are on sale now. Head to the Australian international beer awards website to get yours now. That's dot uh, RASV.com.au forward slash beer. And very fortunate that, um, I I assume with COVID that the RASV were able to um, push ahead uh, and and get the new Victoria Pavilion um, at the showgrounds completed because uh, those who have been the last 10 or 11 years has been held at the um, uh, Peninsula, at uh, uh, Docklands. Has it been uh, that long at the Peninsula? Uh, At least, well, all of the ones that I've been to have been there. And I reckon I've been going for 11 10 or 11 9 ten something like that mm. so yeah it's been it's been there quite a while but the um uh, and there's a sad story behind that but the 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 whole wharf has been condemned um oh and there's arguments over, uh, who's responsible for repairing it and maintaining it all, you know, what they do oh, wow. with it. So that whole precinct is all sort of, um, has been shut down now for uh, not long after the, um, the last AIBAs um, in 2019. So, uh, and Victoria, if you want to have a, a venue that will seat and, and feed, you know, 900, nearly 1,000 as they do at the AIBAs, there's really, there was really only uh, that, you know, the, the Wharf venue and um, the cl- Palladium at Crown, I think, are about the only two. Unless you go for somewhere like, you know, Jeff Shed, and then you've got to bring in all of your um, uh, catering and, and all that sort of thing. So uh, that was part of the reason the RASB wanted to have something and also have something on site. So it'll be, um, it'll be good to christen it. Very cool. We'll be the first ones there. Nice. So, yeah, yeah get your tickets. That'll be good.
2: Did you see that they've got new categories as well, Pete? I non- did. Non-alcoholic beer. That was an interesting one. And then mm. traditional and modern IPAs. Did you see that?
0: I did. I did know that the advisory group was working on splitting the IPA category.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and look, that's one of those that's ones tricky. that's that's kind of a little bit not controversial, but um, it, look, no matter what system you have, there will always be a perception that somebody might take advantage of the changes to the the rules or uh, or, or whatever it might be mm. but the reality is that IPA has become and, and look IPA is a marketing term there'll, there'll be a thousand beers entered into uh, IPA that are not you know would not have been considered 15 20 years ago to be to be IPAs mm-hmm. um, so if we look at that as a, as a marketing bracket um, it's great that the like and like have been separated so that you do get, a, uh, I guess, a better opportunity. And, look, there'll always be some where you go, oh, I think we might be uh, have less competition if we put ours into, mm. you know, yeah. this category of IPA rather than, than that one. And that's, you know, look, that's a personal choice for, for brewers. And at the end of the day, um, as I say, and I've said it ad infinitum, that a dud beer will never win a trophy but plenty of trophy-worthy beers will miss out on a trophy because only one can get the trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, there so we, we shall see. Very interesting. So shall we get into the news? Let's do it. Okay, and now we cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of stories-making news in uh, beer this week. And Claire... Unprecedented scenes of euphoric rapture as the Victorian <laughs> government opens its wallet, pulls out a $1.5 million note, and shouts the bar.
2: <laughs> they have indeed. Uh, so, the Victorian government uh, has announced the $1.5 million funding for the Drink Victorian program. Um, so, the Victorian Drink Science developed this program um, and they want to basically encourage local bars, local Victorian bars, and hotels and everything to um, source and have on uh, locally produced drinks as well, spirits, wine, beer, all the good stuff. So they're targeting 100 hospitality and retail venues um, in metropolitan Melbourne to start with. And then they'll have like regional visits, um, something called super tastings, which I'm quite interested in what on earth that would be. Um, And then lots of training and marketing support and things. So clearly they've been listening to uh, Radio Brews News when we witter on about how educating the consumer is so important and all that kind of stuff. And yet funded by the government um, and part of like wider... uh, programs and things that they've been doing um and additional support from global victoria which is like their export uh, body down there and yeah just amazing to see that kind of support especially after such a tough year and i think they realize that and will they know that they'll get brownie points from it as well as helping local producers so yeah bloody brilliant
0: Let's hope, too, that um, their hearts are in the right place and followed by their heads and um, they do support local and it's not just a case of, you know, the only four bars in Victoria that aren't serving Furfy will get Furfy on.
2: (laughs) Yes, we can only hope. But, I mean, that's interesting in itself because... Well, How I, is, I is say, that not? not
0: not locking Furphy, but yeah, it is yeah. it is proudly um, marketed as mm. you know a Victorian beer with all Victorian ingredients, yeah. which it is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether it's. You know, indie versus craft. Is yeah, it, uh, you know, d- does the government look at, well, it's you know, if the brewery is situated in Victoria? So in, in which case would that um, little microbrewery down in Abbotsford be yeah. um, eligible?
2: And I'm interested in to see what their KPIs are on this one. Like how do they determine whether this is a success or not? Are they, are they going to even tell us that? So I'd quite like to hold them accountable in uh,
1: like a oh year God, or there's so. There's a whole like, Yes Minister mm. episode on... Oh. Government departments being held accountable <laughs> for the projects that they, they do then. <laughs> um, but, you know, it it, it it is a hard thing. Like, it's in, in Queensland, as we talked about on the podcast recently, the Queensland government, um, you know, as part of their Buy Queensland um, campaign, you know, wanted all government departments to buy Queensland-produced products. And, you know, so they, in Parliament House, they put craft beers on, on the bar, they had to count, um, pull back the number that they had on because the craft beers weren't actually being pulled through, and so they were hitting their expiry dates and those sorts of things. Yeah, it's one thing to buy them;
0: it's another thing to sell them.
1: That's mm-hmm. and yeah, like yeah. And, and good th- th- intentions. Th- th- yeah. it, it's it's an awesome program, and more, more than anything, it just shows the recognition that you know governments are showing for the category. But then there is you know like a whole category approach, and I don't know that you know whacking an indie seal on or you know anything like that um is, is the thing that's actually going to drive it that might influence your selection between um products i, I don't know if it uh, does or doesn't but you still need to get people who think you know oh i don't like craft beer it's all fruity or you know it's things getting them to it. and that's where um the industry and the, the craft brewing industry needs to be um you know, constantly adding to its, uh, you know, to its efforts of getting people to think differently about beer. And, you know, God, you, you look at the variation of beers that it's, you know, whilst we have a lot of fun, as we'll talk about in Blow the Fold, um, at some of the extreme end of beers, you look at the number of breweries that are making cracking lagers, that are making really good tropical, you know, summer ales or pale ales that aren't, you know, tropical fruit bombs. But, you know, these programs are great to almost run the uh, you know, plow over the field, but then we need to sort of make sure that we're planting the right seeds
0: mm-hmm. to see what grows.
1: Yeah, and you need. There's the a metaphor that's not oh, a boat. it's <laughs> not a
0: water metaphor. <laughs> I'm um, so proud of you. <laughs> well, technically, you've then got to water the seed.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> shocking. We sow the seed. Nature grows. <laughs> not the if it's a drought-resistant seed, mate.
2: Oh god. <laughs> Next.
0: Now, the other thing I was going to say was as soon as I saw that we're going to call it the Drink Victorian Program, and I thought, Mm -hmm. yeah, fair, we'll be onto that straight away. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of... Uh, risky drinking and alcohol consumption is down, says the AIHW. Funnily what?
2: Fun Hang on, enough. I'll just
0: read that again. Risky <laughs> drinking <laughs> and OMG. alcohol consumption down. <laughs> and, and the
1: AIHW is the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, which is one of the key government legitimate statistical
2: yeah. evidence that informs policy making. Not just. Oh, so you had that in the yet, don't you? You go. Um, just not some bloke or woman sat. On Instagram for an hour on the Friday night, scrolling through their adverts, talking about how isn't the alcohol industry disgusting and don't they post too many adverts and all that kind of stuff but basically um yep the i h a i h w um, has released its latest report um which basically says that risky drinking so um like extreme end of drinking uh, has fallen. And so is alcohol consumption in general, as well as um, many more young Australians going completely teetotal, so not even drinking at all. Um, and this was really a fantastic one. I think it topped off um, sort of a year of back and forth between anti-alcohol lobby, like your fairs of this world, and lots of alcohol bodies, um, retail... Drinks Australia, Alcohol Beverages Australia, just going back and forth. Like, are we drinking more or are we drinking less during lockdown? And this sort of says to me, right, that's the line under it. We kind of haven't. Um, so I, if, if they ever bring this up again, then we'll have to throw this one in their face and be like, really though? Really? Um, but yeah, good news on that
1: one. But it was interesting. Did you see, I, I, I didn't bookmark it for us to discuss because we just do it over, but there was some email exchange um or you know there was a, a big thing so on twitter um mm. about fair is ramping up its anti-alcohol camp it, it is specifically targeting the anti-alcohol or yeah the, the low alcohol and no alcohol beer category flabbergasted so, so you know talking about <laughs> it's grooming people you know not looking at it is actually a product that has been you know <laughs> if if people are consuming less alcohol Multi billion dollar international companies aren't just going to shut up shop and, you know, go, well, no one wants beer anymore. <laughs> and if they're genuinely embracing a no alcohol alternative for people who want that no alcohol alternative, how the hell can a body that is against alcohol oppose it? And it, it just shows it's, it's that insane.
2: it. It's, it's, it,
1: it's an ideological
0: campaign, not a yeah. fact and evidence research-based campaign. Anyway, yeah. uh, and, 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 um, we, <laughs> so we've No need so to tee off on it again. <laughs> One group in the community, though, who will be uh, presumably uh, increasing their alcohol consumption will be uh, those members and friends of the Newtown Jets rugby league football Responsibly club. Responsibly, of course, Pete. Responsibly, because now, well, now, no, now. Previously, I reckon they've probably been. Going, oh, Tooth's KB, you know, Forex, uh, whatever it is, uh, I'll, I'll give me a Canadian <laughs> club. Um, but now they'll be able to say, hang on, I can have Filter.
2: Filter teams up with the Newtown Jets. Uh, so after a few, a series of really interesting deals um, like Capital and Bentsburg, uh and the Manuka Oval, um, we've seen Filter, uh, the lovely Filter, who've just got their own brewery, um, sign up a sponsor- on a sponsorship deal. So they've got porridge rights, um, and it's just a fantastic one. I also put in a little comment. Um, so on the, on our, our main Facebook page, rather than the the Radio Brews News group, um, Jack Bill wrote, "What a match made in heaven! Colors, retro design, and great to hear of a footy club getting behind its local brewers." Which I thought was lovely. And I also thought didn't even think of, which is ridiculous. But I didn't think of a sports team as a super brand focused thing, and looking to partner with someone who has similar values and similar branding on fits in with all their identity and things like that which is fantastic um so yeah Weldon filter good stuff
0: yeah and hopefully we will um, not in two years time be lamenting the fact that it's you know gone back to
2: <laughs> yes sorry else. colonial it, so it's... New Town, yeah, new,
0: Newtown are in the like the second tier Newtown used to be a, uh, yeah. a, a well back then a, a new South Wales rugby league um, team uh, they're now in the if you like the feeder comp or the you know oh. the second second division. Um, but there's also, there's been a big push. Um, and I think Newtown, uh, we had something about it last week, Matt, or you and I saw something about it, um, that I think there's a bit of a push to, you know, getting back to the the local grounds. And I noticed at the NRL, uh, there, there are movements within it to sort of say, you know, rather than where the AFL has gone to, rationalising stadiums and having fewer stadiums with more teams sharing them, you um, so that you get better facilities and more bars and more toilets and uh, more space and all that sort of thing, uh, the NRL is kind of going zigging where the AFL is zagging and saying, "Let's get back to to suburban grounds." So this could be could be really good for filter, and hopefully, um, it's it, it's got some legs.
1: Anyone who listened to the podcast a couple of weeks ago heard my two thumbs up review of the the, the filter venue. So it's a really exciting uh, thing for them. And congratulations to mm. Sam and the team. Excellent,
0: Claire, up your way. The Queensland CDS scheme um, has lowered prices?
2: Yes, so um, it's been going two years now, maybe a bit longer. And um, so the Queensland container deposit scheme. We've seen them roll out across most of the states now. I think Tasmania was uh, one of the last ones to announce earlier this year that they were rolling one out. And um, so it's just an interesting one. we like to keep on top of it and just show that they're doing something and what's happening with them because we've obviously seen a few in the past that haven't quite gone as well. The one in Victoria I believe they um, didn't even bother consulting the IBA when they did their stakeholder um, consultations and then we had the slightly dodgy one um, in New South Wales where they had not not a breach, not a data breach, an inadvertent release of data. Um, so we've basically seen a lot of these CDS schemes kind of trip over in their first couple of years um but this seems like a positive sign from the Queensland CDS that you know they're reviewing processes they understand that um people have had a hard time
0: is it a sign that perhaps the take-up hasn't been as expected and so although or, or no so, so what's what's the the cost that's actually been lowered the co- the the pay to play
2: I believe so, so manufacturers
0: yes. don't need to contribute as much
2: yeah I, th- I believe yep. so. I have to have a double check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how they were going for. Um, and they basically said, um, but funnily enough, they—I mean, whether this is true or not was obviously up for debate. But they said that the price reduction resulted was resulted because um, positive overall scheme performance. So I don't know if they'd ever say we've got <laughs> too much money. <laughs> <Plain> language <laughs> well, no, I don't you know where they're going with that. You know. <laughs> very odd. Very odd. Um, but either way potentially a good thing so yeah why not we'll keep it in we'll keep our, keep our eye on it
0: exactly uh now speaking of beer gab's is giving us a sneak peek of the 2021 <laughs> festival beers
2: they are indeed so they released 10 um beers and there's a few of them which i know you two would totally really your at. <laughs> um but there was an interesting one from burley brewing pete that i thought you might be interested in um a 15th century dusseldorf house beer and the rest were all crazy, um, as you'd expect, obviously. Um, a lamb souvlaki inspired beer from Willie <laughs> the Boatman um, <laughs> with locally sourced lamb broth. <laughs> Intriguing. And uh, Capital's doing one with marshmallows, rice bubbles, vanilla, and lactose. Sorry, Capital, I'll be giving that a miss.
0: Oh, look, well Tastes done. <laughs> yeah, well done to um uh, to Pat McInerney and the boys at Will Eat the Boatman because mm. this is the you know the whale the petrified whale vomit beer. This is the <laughs> you know bull sperm all that sort of everything the belly that's, button oh, yeast belly yeah, button fluff. Yeah. The, uh, you know, yeah, people are going to go there and drink it, but nobody's going to water a pint. Um, but what it does is it is it um, pushes the mainstream uh, to to pick it up. It gives them some. Oh, hang on, here's this. What? Hey, yeah, you yeah, know, fairy yeah. floss beer, or you know, whatever it is. So, f- from that point of view, I'm glad that somebody takes one for the team um, each year <laughs> to to try to give us a bit of um, not not necessarily front page news, but mm-hmm. um, you know, at least something.
2: Yeah, and we're also glad that it's kept to gabs. Yeah, stay at gabs. Look,
1: <laughs> but this is one of the, those, those ones. Yeah, yeah again, I, I I think there's a bit of a misconception about my view. You know, of these beers, mm-hmm. you know, people like them, they're interesting, um, they get a lot of attention, but they're, you know, in, in in the broader marketplace, the mainstream media picks up on these, you know, year-round, and it's come to be seen what craft beer is. Um, and it, it, it's – people love them, that's why we make them, which incidentally is exactly the same reason that was given when the big brewers used to be asked, you know, how do you feel about making – You know, uh, you know, weakest piss um, beers, and they said we choose to make them because people want them. You know, that is how the market goes. But you know, Gabs is you know an event like Gabs is the sort of event that they are perfect. As you said, Pete, people may not want to have a whole schooner or a pint of them, but. When you see people there, you know lining oh, up to get yep.
0: paddles of these beers, yep. and, the tickers and the scoopers just want to mark them off and and say they've done it on a, untapped, and and then move on to you know other beers. But but the thing is, and look, could any of us begrudge Mike and the team? Uh, any uh, opportunity to put more bums on seats to, yeah. get, to get more people through the door?
1: It was a stroke of genius when Stephen Guy, um, you know, sort of created these special Gabs beers. And year on year, you know, th- th- there is that arms race of people wanting to stand out. And, you know, because when you've got how many Gabs beers are there? I think there are 200 or oh my God, something good. like that. Yes, and and, and I, understand. Know,
0: I, know, I know 2019, there was a deliberate cap put on the, on the number because it was getting a little bit uh, <laughs> out look, out logistically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, logistically, it just gets really difficult to. To, because because the other thing too is that there's a guarantee to the punters coming through that if you get there uh, you know th- for the second session that all the good beers if you like or all the crazy beers haven't been sold so they so not only do you have to uh, lo- organize the logistics of of hooking up you know 100, 200 beers but you've also got to have one of each spare for the for the following session if that makes sense oh so, mate uh,
1: absolutely yeah and
0: you know so I, I, I have a feeling it was about one hundred ninety um beers that was capped at
1: uh, okay. in oh. in 2019 but even so trying to stand out in that list you know mm. like <laughs> you, you don't stand out by going we've made a really nicely balanced you know sort of amber that is my paddle <laughs> but you know with no lactose the, the, oh, the, the excitement God. that it creates is 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 awesome Um, But, and, you know, I don't want anyone poking holes in my argument because it it is a very inconsistent argument. I think in the confines of events like this or, you know, specific events, you know, you you can see the point of it. But it is the, you know, mass market infantilisation of beer that, you know, I I think has cast a bit of a pall, um, you know, for for people who aren't in the 10% of, you know, Oh, it's probably even smaller, the hardcore beer drinkers who. The pointy, pointy end of the, of the pointy yeah, end. Yeah, the pointy end of the pointy end, who, mm. you, know, you know, endlessly debate um, on Facebook groups and things like that, which, you know, which is awesome. You know, it's, I'm not yucking anyone else's yum. They don't do it on our Facebook page, we should point out. Um, <laughs> well, well, we a bit of a discussion face. about these things. But anyway, you know. Oh, no, so, man. yeah, look, it, it's events like this that, for me personally, is these beers in their context. It creates. And because as Gabs has grown, You know, it's it's also going back to that question, the, the thing I was talking about education and, you know, explaining to people. You do have those bars at Gabs, um, but then you've got all of the other you know, brewery stores where you can go and get their core range and get the the beers and, and, and speak to
0: them and you know and you a- get to drink beer in a carnival atmosphere with a Ferris wheel, with roving <laughs> bands, with uh, you know tap dancing troops appearing out of nowhere, um, silent discos and, and tins and- of glory, and you know yeah, and- it, it's just all happening. You know, there's something for everyone. And the food, you know, Um, and the food, you know, the um, Ariston food stage. So you can do beer and food matching, you know, whatever.
1: And and look, I don't want to rhapsodise too much on it because I did that a couple of weeks ago. And and it's certainly not commercial because, you know, apart from having hosted one event um, for them, um, there's no incentive there. But the thing I love about that, Pete, is that that entertainment isn't just there. As an entertainment, it is there because people are entertained by something other than necking great volumes of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and it and yeah. it's, it's, sneakily, it sneakily it slows people down. Yeah. Sun, it is. <laughs> you can't you drink just, ten
0: pints just of Mansu Lucky Beer. That, that, no. all, all, all of the other beers, you know, maybe okay. at two o'clock in the morning after a
1: big night out. <laughs> <laughs> <you're>, oh, <laughs> it's, oh, it's, oh it's, it's one of my so it's Yeah, it, it's one of my criticisms of other beer festivals is that the only thing to do is drink beer and, you know, the mess that's created at closing time, I've never seen it, Gabs and, you know, having spoken to the, the security guys and, you know, uh, Stephen Guy and um, even Mike and Mike gets it, you know, it's this entertainment that does create a positive beer event that hopefully is commercially viable for people whilst also not casting a negative pull yeah. over the whole beer um, festival. Plus, after.
2: it must be really fun for the brewers if they just get, like, the spec sheet and just say just do something mental just do something absolutely out of this box like crazy we don't have to make any money on it necessarily we're there for um publicity Uh, and to that
0: to that end claire what we used to think of as crazy beers now you look the very first gabs i remember (laughs) jane lewis um was at mountain goat at the time Mm -hmm. and she produced a lime and cucumber Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, lime, cucumber, and mint beer, and oh, it was nice. absolutely. But everyone looked at that and going, "Oh my God, how is that going to taste?" And everyone, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh, wow! <this> <laughs> um, Luke Scott, who was at Otway Estate at, the, at Prickly Moses, which became Prickly Moses, was Otway Estate at the time. Um, did a blueberry hefeweizen. Now we'd we'd heard of and We thought, hang on, blueberry fruit and a beer. <laughs> what now are you those things about? now you've, you've got to have. Everyone's got one in their in their core range. Um, again with with two birds, um, Jane came up with with Taco, and everyone, and now that's a, a core range beer for them. The same with watermelon warhead. Exactly. So what it's we used inspiro- to think it's of inspiring. that's that's crazy. That'll never fly. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, um, but Claire but makes that they the really it gets good point because, know, because you know, like when started. you speak to brewers. Um, you know the the brewers that have been around for you know eight nine 10, 11 years that have been you know that have seen this development, you know even they roll their eyes sometimes at you know that it's almost apologetic some of the mainstream <laughs> beers that they release. But it is about that constant you know excitement creating and being seen to be relevant. And, what, and when you speak to them about it, you know they say, oh look, it's not the beer that I want to make. But they all have young brewing teams who want to experiment and play in this thing and this is you know like i, I won't call it you know crash, but <laughs> but it's you know testing grounds is te- yeah you, you can let your brew teams just mm-hmm. let it rip
2: and something you learn from doing a beer for this you could bring into an actual beer that you would do your actual you learn a lot brew. about
0: process yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. You learn about, you know, oh maybe next time we'll we should teabag it, or maybe next time instead of adding oh got the you know, the mash tun was a pain to clear out or you know, blocked a filter mm. or you know um they know that for you extent, you, yeah. you will learn. Or yeah. well, maybe we, we shouldn't have canned it and sent it halfway across the country. It, we, <laughs> but that's look at the <laughs> end of the day, Brewers are, brewers are committed to now with, with New Zealand, if you're in New Zealand, I think it's 10, 10 kegs, but I think it might so it might be eight kegs for the, the east coast um, festivals, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, you can come up with eight kegs of it. If it doesn't, you know, look, we'll get rid of it. Um, but there's always that opportunity that, um, you know, it could become the next taco or the next watermelon warhead. So, uh, we would certainly say, and this is not a paid advertisement in any way, shape or form. Um, but obviously I've had a, a fair involvement with Gab's, uh, since the uh, early days, um, I would encourage, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of Matt and Claire, uh, to, if you can get out and and support um, festivals like this, um, get your tickets now.
1: And the the best thing about it is that it, Comes to you, to well, if you if you live if in one of
0: three major major uh, metropolitan centres. Yeah. Well, don't um, forget that you know, it's both Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast. That's where, true. Um, oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. Had their little mini one last year, which which may again. Um, I don't know if it's going ahead. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Mm. But anyway, I, I think that's enough on <laughs> camps. Sorry, here, so we, <laughs> we did of, go
2: off piece there, didn't we?
0: <laughs> it's also enough for the news, unless you've got one more to hear so with Claire.
2: Uh, no, all good. Thank you very much.
0: All right, you've caught up on your news. Thanks very much for joining us. That was Bruce News Week. Well, at least the first part of it. Stay tuned if you want to come with us below the fold and um, discuss in a little bit more detail some interesting things. But otherwise, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Claire. Thank you, Pete. Pete. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you need to go back to your mash tun and, uh, or, you know, check and, and Craig Blackmore and uh, Matt Cardy. And Derek Hales, if you're listening in at Bad Shepherd, can you just go and check on the uh, the pills and places that's uh, just bubbling away nicely? Uh, and we'll see you all again next week. And we're out. And now we're back. It almost seems like we never went away. Uh, but it's time now for below the fold. And let's start below the fold with Mailbag. Now, don't forget to review us on iTunes or send us uh, an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. And you can also join our Facebook group. As we said, you don't need to; it, it, it just does enhance the uh, the experience. Just search Radio Bridge News and use the password soapbox. Um, leave us a review on uh, iTunes or you know wherever else you get your podcast and however you're listening to this uh costs nothing and it helps other beer lovers to discover the podcast and we will reward our commenters our letter writers our emailers our smoke signalers however you contact us we will um thank you in a very small way with a bruise news bar blade a dog bone bar blade in fact from our very good friends at thirsty merchants uh, matt and i um clinked them the other night although aren't you using the old one matt we had oh, a we had a, Zoom, um, one. a bit of a media uh, launch uh, online, which was a great. I thought it was a great way to do it. It's the second one I've been involved in of um, a couple of new beers from Brick Lane, and I don't know if they're actually in the trade yet. Are they available yet, Matt? Are we allowed to speak about them? Uh, I, I saw a. Um, then we can. Yeah, I, oh, I believe they are. like Some sorry. cracking Belgians. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Really? yeah. The Guardian and the Morning Star. So there's kind of like a, a golden strong Belgian ale and a darker um, Belgian.
2: beautiful names ale. as well.
0: And they were just beautiful. Mm. Well, it was interesting. Ian McNally, shout out to Ian from The Chosen Brew, who I caught up with in person um, as well last night at, uh, or the night before at Ale Stars, um, pointed out that Morning Star and Guardian are both uh, left-wing the newspapers in England, and they so we. Oh, I, wonder are, yeah. if, I wonder if I we'll, you know, the next one will be the uh, the Brick Lane Bolshevik Bok or something. <laughs> like. Perhaps they're going in a whole different the direction. Hammer
2: and sickle or something like that. That'd be good.
0: Quite interesting for a
1: brewery that you know has had comments made about you know the level of
0: financial investment. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <you know.
2: laughs> Excellent.
0: But uh, no, that was uh, uh, what were we were talking about then. Uh, yeah, Barblades. So Matt and I sort of, you know, showed our Barblades. And said, oh, look at you guys, shameless merching. So, well, we've never had merch to shame before. So, you know, we're, we're making up for lost time. Yeah, allowed.
1: Speaking of which, uh, there's still shirts to be posted. So, if uh, people uh, want to get the, you know, no hype. Um, Bruce new shirts um, to to rock out at your upcoming beer festival. Well, the hype's uh, there;
0: it's just not central to the um, you can have of hype, but
1: it doesn't make a beer good. Yes, and <laughs> it, 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 thank you to Corey Crooks um, for rocking his uh, on his recent family holiday. Uluru. Uh, <laughs> had um, <laughs> actually, um, who was it? it was yeah. Michael Morgan uh, from Blaster? Um, Blaster, yes. lovely chap. He sent me a photo. Um, he was at a beer festival in Perth over the weekend. And he was rocking his shirt and had sent me a photo of stickers where brewers had whacked their stickers where they fit – um, on the shirt, so there were a whole lot of brewers who crusted around um, that. Yeah, so he, he sent me a file. I post it into the um, Facebook feed, so there yeah. were a whole lot of brewers who had whacked section? it around hype, around but hype. then others had put theirs in, you know, quality, uh, you know, um, you know, good ingredients, good technique, um, <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. So I thought that was a really, really cool. That's did cool. anyone did anyone whack their sticker right over the hype? Uh. Uh, no, it was all around it, so you could still read the hype. But yeah, no, so it was kind of like a scattergram for where breweries see themselves. That's
2: Thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent hey and listen while we're giving uh shout outs and you mentioned Corey crooks i just want to give a, a personal shout out uh my neighbor across the road uh they were doing a road trip uh driving up to newcastle i said look while you're up there um i said you know uh great venue if you're looking for somewhere you know for like a sunday lunch kind of thing you know can recommend the, the grain store he goes oh yeah no, that's great do I, do I have to book or this i thought oh look i'll just I'll just flick a message to Corey, and he was actually um in transit he was on his way he was uh halfway across the Simpson Desert, I think, um, or somewhere between Adelaide and uh, and and Alice Springs, uh, and just said, "Yeah, no worries, no. We'll have to look after him. We won't be there, but um, I'll let the guys know." And I didn't leave his name or anything like that. But um, he came back from holidays, and, and last night came over to collect the mail, which we'd been collecting for him. Uh, left me a couple of uh, coasters and said it was the best day he'd had it. he said that they just he said it was if they knew we were coming and they really wanted to look after us and said I didn't actually leave your name or when you were coming or anything like that so that's the I, I have I suspect that they got the treatment that everybody gets but he thought it was the uh prof Pilsner sent me um, special, special <laughs> I, so I was going to say I'm glad you put put in at that the end, thought, otherwise we you'd have a lot of listeners <laughs> going
1: hey Pete would you put in a good word for, yeah. <laughs> for me when yeah, I go Yeah I'm to-
0: heading up to so uh, and so you know yeah where should I go no um but I do like to support um you know local if if so if Neighbor or somebody who who will accept a recommendation from me, particularly if it's beer related, they they tend to. Then I'm more than happy to you know reach out to the thing and say, look, you know, is it okay? To, do they need to book or you know, what's a, you know a bad time to come or a good time to come? But they've got um, you know three. Well, two primary school and one pre-primary school age uh, kids, and so it's always it's always difficult to have a nice afternoon out. He said they they fawned over the kids, they looked after them, the um, the service, the food, the beer, everything was just. He, he said he just couldn't fold it. He said it was one of the the, the best um, lunches that he's had. So thank you to Corey and the. Uh, on behalf of the crew up there. So I just thought, you know, credit where credit's due. Speaking of which, Phil Sharp in the Facebook group um, mm-hmm. is to be credited with um, a new fun weekly game that we like to call <laughs> Beer and Music Pairing. So if um, <laughs> so,
1: so, basically it was... Uh, well, you guys probably haven't had a chance to listen to this week's Beer as a Conversation with Jake, no, Jake Harrison. No. Uh, there was just a little bit at the end where we were talking about, um, uh, you know, the the, the the New Frontiers of Beer. Um, and I, I just went off on one of my little riffs. I'd, I'd watched the BG's documentary over the weekend and I found it really fascinating <laughs> about, you know, they have been pigeonholed as a disco um, because of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack that showed the popularity of disco music that then spawned all of the exploitation disco, you know, like disco duck, and it just very quickly descended into ridiculousness.
0: A parody of itself. Yeah. In
1: a parody that saw a whole, a, a massive backlash against disco that took the BGs with them. And they'd had this, um, you know, 15-year career before um, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack that had some amazing, you know, just iconic songs. But they could not get radio play for any of their music after that because they were so closely associated with disco. So, mm. just, you know, and so, so I just sort of, you know, asked him whether, you know... It, it, was just a thought that I had, and uh, I, when I reflected back on it after the, I thought, oh, that mm-hmm. just sounds. It comes across as being a little bit ridiculous because it wasn't even as thought out as just that quick explanation for it. But uh, I you know, decided, you know, got to leave in everyone else's, um, <laughs> you know, comments, so I might as well leave in my embarrassing, stupid thoughts. But Phil picked up on it and made some really good points, and it's created an
0: interesting um, thread in the Facebook group. Yeah, it's good. I tell you, what, speaking of planograms too, if we could, if we could make a mental mind map of the number of hills that Matt's prepared to die on, it would look something <laughs> like the Scottish Highlands. It? It would just I'm be not dying on any hills. More likely
2: the Himalayas, to be fair. <laughs> Mate, I, 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 no,
0: that's one big hill.
1: I, I can't <laughs> think the last hill that I... Went, you you know, want to eat, Matt. <laughs> oh, no, well, but that's the thing. They're, they're not hills. I'm just saying, no, no, you know, no. it, it's just like saying, you know, look, these beers are enjoyable. Um, you know, the, the, there is no reaction without an equal and opposite Beer reaction. Um, you can't have <laughs> massive hype in you know, pastry-infused lactose beers. You, you don't have things occurring without having an impact on the rest of the industry because all of these things are related. And, yeah, if, yeah. You know, and if all of the hype and attention and money is going into pastry stouts um, and everyone suddenly starts making pastry stout, people want to make their pastry stout stand out and so they – you know delve into ever more degrees of um, ridiculousness to try and stand out um, saying that doesn't you know except for using the word ridiculous saying that doesn't mean that that's not a legitimate business thing except it's also taking attention away from the mainstream business market it's creating because of the noise and attention that gets which is completely out of disprovable Proportion to the scale of the rest of the beer market, but it's where you suddenly get media sites doing listicles about you know the the, the ten pastry sets, and that's all people read about. um That then gives this impression that that is what craft beer is, and 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 that's the you know that's not dying on a hill, but it's just saying hey, you know there is going to be this impact that if all of the attention is being given to this thing, um, you know. It, it's, it's going to have an impact on the perception of the beer market and the rest of the beer market and all those sorts of things. It's not shit canning them. It's not dying on a hill. Um, it's just making an observation.
0: The only observation I would make is that I would have thought Belgians would be funk rather than sours. Mm. Um, IPA semi heavy metal. Don't know about that. Mm. Wasn't too sure about that one. Yeah, the, um,
1: the, 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 the West Coast IPA probably would have been metal. Lactose, sour, uh, lactose IPAs yeah, or dessert, uh, you know, lactose IPAs mm. would be
0: hair metal.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'm yeah. Kind yeah, of like yeah. white snake. And, you
0: know, oh, I hair. love white snake. Here I am again on my own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think, a la the AIBAs, we need to divide IPA into 17 different categories of metal. <laughs> yeah,
2: agreed. <laughs> like double and triple are um, like death metal. That's right. But throat, I was, I was well, surprised. Scandinavian
0: throat metal, which... Ooh. Yeah, somebody did mention it. Oh, Mongolian throat. Well, that's the yeah. one, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, The other one that I was surprised, didn't get a, a Guernsey. I would have thought that like your, um, your milkshake, pastry, um, nipa sort of thing uh, was jazz fusion.
2: Oh, I Alexa. was thinking more like K-pop. You know, like
0: bubbly, <laughs> no, but crazy. The people, people listen to K-pop.
2: <laughs> right, sorry. <yeah>. No, but, <laughs> and,
0: and, and again,
1: the, and, and the point that I made in the in the comments was: look, you know, yeah, you, you can have all sorts of fun discussions about what is what and how how it equates. At the end of the day, you know, just, just with you know going back to my disco analogy, there is you know after the huge blowback, where no one wanted to you know the BGs Were despise things like that. If you listen to some of the stuff that they created on that soundtrack, musically it is really good. But it was the exploitation of the popularity of that where you've got Disco Duck. Um, you know, I don't know if Claire's got no
0: YouTube Disco, Disco Duck. Duck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah and just, it, just listen it, to a it. Co- it's, it's you only like, need like the first 10, 10 15 seconds. Don't listen yeah. to the whole thing. It, yeah. It's like, it's like anything.
1: You know, once you're trying to cash in on the popularity of something you're not adding merit,
0: you're taking You're away cashing in. Yeah. It's, it's, a, like, it's like when, remember all of a sudden yeah. we had, um, before cider had even really kind of established, all of a sudden we had, uh, you know, like breakaway, all these, you know, subcategories of of cider um, with all different fruits and different mm. this and that and the other. And it was it's the same sort of thing, you know, disco start off with, oh, wow, how popular is this? And it was almost like a lot of people jumping in and going, you know, I'm going to cash in on this while it's, you know, still here. So, yeah I get and, what you mean, and Matt. then
1: you get people just who have no interest in music they don't know an instrument but Jesus you know i i, I can do this you know and we, which is you know just phoning it in so anyway <laughs> I, like, I, I think i, I think yeah. we've over over, the the over music the drives,
2: basically I'd, the music <laughs> analogy is good accurate works we like it
0: That's it. Uh, Speaking of work, um, brewing beer is pretty hard work. And Wade Curtis in the Facebook group, uh, after listening to the news section of this week's or last week's uh, podcast, I'll chime in on why you don't hear a lot of details around business splits and sales. And this was about um, the beer garden brewing. And we spoke Mm, about Camp and and a few others that had sort of uh, had to, and I guess I I hadn't even considered way back in the, going back 10 years plus maybe, um, Ron and Renata. Matt, um, with with Temple Brewing, was it was a similar kind of thing where you know the money didn't meet up and um, various bits and pieces had to happen, and um, you know it was looking back now it's probably a lesson for all of them, but it was it was a bit nasty at the time.
1: Oh, but, uh, and two of the nicest people that you would ever meet um, in in craft beer, and it it just, I mean, those are the stories that, as I said last week, they're the heartbreaking stories that. It's an industry that celebrates itself, you know, and and you always put your best face forward. You completely understand that. Um, And as I said last week, my fear, though, is that because you never hear the heartbreaking stories of, you know, lost houses, lost relationships, you know, lost friendships, um, it's a very, very distorted view of how easy it is to enter the, the, the industry. Yeah, yep,
2: yep. Agreed. And I also think that I don't even think that most of them get to the point where Wade is talking about where you've already got The settlement contracts and stuff, because that implies that the business is already set up and running. I think that a lot of them fall down before they even manage to open. I reckon six months in, a year in, they'll be like, no, we can't do this. Yeah, I don't think they even get off the ground, most of them, um, because they realise how hard it is. And when I do the brewery radar, um, I don't know if you've seen that, Pete, you know, breweries and planning that are applying for their um, development applications and stuff. And I follow them and I speak to them and some of them might even set up social media accounts or whatever. And then they just go dark. And you're like, where on earth have you gone? You email them, you message them on their social media. They don't ever reply. And I reckon that's because a lot of them have already tanked and they've already realised like we can't do this right now or this isn't quite right or whatever. And then they don't post for ages. And you do notice there's at least a handful I've got on my, my books at the minute and I really would love to know what they're all doing and what what happened and all that kind of stuff so it's not criticizing them like everybody knows that setting a business is that that difficult but and, why and, and what no one issues?
1: wants to and you know and Wade makes some very good mm. points um you know about why people don't want to talk about it and you know again completely understand no one wants to talk about you know like no one wants to talk about
0: why yeah, or if you know, it's their relationship. Yeah, say yeah. because it's hard. And it's, you know, Wade's, Wade's point was that sometimes there's com- confidentiality or non-disclosure mm. um, in the in the agreements in the contracts. So some, some, sometimes the reason we don't hear about it is because you know people aren't yeah. allowed to. Yeah, legally, they're, they're, legally not, they're not
1: allowed. And but then yeah. there's also you know it, it's raw. Um, and you know from my experience, when these things happen, people don't want to talk because it is painful and raw um which incidentally is probably the best time for aspiring brewers to hear it because mm. when you speak to them you know 6 12 18 months later and you know you've you've had that chance to rationalize in your own head and you know <laughs> to, to, to some extent recast history and you
2: know or i always think of it like um soften like almost like um how people say about childbirth that you forget how bad it is at the, the time so you do it
1: again not having been through a child but, uh, but having <laughs> neither, seen it, it, it and first <laughs> hand, um
0: yeah, yeah no and, and there is a lot of that but you know well yeah because in that case claire i think it's a lot to do with the product makes you forget about the procedure
2: because <laughs> yeah. it was all right, it, it turned out okay. So, yeah, so forget at the about end of the day,
0: <laughs> you get a, a hospitality venue up. You are getting beer out into, the, and you yeah, see it. Yeah. You know, you see it in BWS, or you That's you see it. it on the shelves of your local, um, you know, liquor like retailer. You kind of go, it. yeah. It was all you, you forget about, you know, all that all that hard graft. And anyway, so yeah, so I think do we do we maybe need to th- almost think of it um, in the same way that sports clubs in the last 10, 20, 30 years have become far more professional. So you've got you say, you know what, it's a sport. But it's got to be a business first. The business will yeah. support the sport, not the other way around. If you've got a bad business model or or if 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 the if the foundation's shaky, then yeah, you know, the oh, key to a good finish is good preparation. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. But just don't go into it. Um, you know, anyone that's listening, and there are a lot of people who are planning breweries or aspiring breweries or just dream of one day owning a brewery, don't go into it thinking that it is all unicorns and rainbows and pretty flowers. Um the Although beers can be made presented out of, all of those ingredients. In a media that survives from presenting that view of the
0: industry to the world, yeah. <laughs> you know, because brewers out there, if you are um, keen to put rainbows or... Uh, unicorns in your beer, you'll want to be changing your labels and uh, you'd want to be speaking to Railings Label Stickers and Packaging on 1300 852 235 because um, they don't just supply labels for your cans or your bottles. Um, they can do new ones. They can do, you know, stick-on labels, uh, shrink sleeves, the whole sort of thing. Um, I know your next question is going to be, well, prof, I haven't got room to put a shrink-sleeving machine. I haven't got room to swing a cat at the moment. Um, you know, uh, how do I apply the sleeves to the cans? Well, you don't have to worry about that. The cans come to your door, palletised, ready to fill, nothing more to do. That number again, one 852 235 railings label, stickers and packaging.
2: Beautiful. Um, just finishing off on the, the Wade's comment. Um, he says, don't relinquish your controlling share of a brewery you founded. Don't know about that one. What about all the mighty craft breweries? Secondly, don't go into partnership with anyone except your wife. I would say the opposite. <laughs> I mean, don't don't put like we were talking about Burley the other week. Burley. There are always
0: yeah. yeah. But Burley. Um, there Badger are no. is a great example. And Derek was speaking about this um just the other day, and and then on Tuesday night at to Ale Stars, saying they had clear, if you like, contractual demarcation. So Diddy looks after front of house. So anything to do with branding, with marketing, with the the hospitality venue, um, what design and sizes of t-shirts we're going to get. That's all her. If it's to do with brewing and buying the ingredients and all that sort of stuff, yeah. that's that's Derek's thing. But and he said, yeah, they've had because they, you know, the thing is, your business partner, you then take them home and, and go to bed mm-hmm. with them. So if if they're your wife, so you you can't help but take work home. And he said, yeah, sometimes they, you know, they they've locked horns or bumped heads or whatever, everything. But but at the end of the day, they they, they said, hey, remember, this is my bit. Yep. So as long as that's set down I think you can do it. So I wouldn't say don't go into partnership with anyone except your wife. Your wife has got to be the right person to go into partnership with because they've got to be a business partner first and then and then the wife when you get home. Yeah. Anticipate
1: the problems. You know, plan for the problems mm-hmm. and how you deal and don't leave them getting caught up in the romance of what you see as being the business. Don't push those things out for future you to have to deal with the real world consequences of yeah. them
2: and also final point on wades um he the most poignant bit of this one for me was that he said i wish i didn't have to sell my share to provide more security for my family and that says to me you know while you can make money here in this sector and it's growing and there are potential and there are opportunities you know if you've got to make that decision at the end of the day. Do you want security, a s- salary, a stable job? And we saw a few people like um, the mulch Shed guys. Um, they were like, we've got jobs, like we do this on the side and we'd rather just have our full-time jobs now, especially after COVID. And that's mm. like a perfectly reasonable, sensible decision to make at the end of the day. Um, but interesting that, that he made that point. As well.
0: It also shows how difficult it is to to be a little bit pregnant.
2: <laughs>
0: so mean? it's it's hard to it's hard to have business and and put a hundred percent investment mm. you know emotional and physical investment into it oh, when okay. it's your side hustle.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Because at
0: the end of the day, it, it's going to show somewhere.
1: Well, that, that yeah, and when we do see a lot, you know, there, there's a lot of brands out there that you know no one starts a contract brand saying, "Oh, we've got no intention of." running a brewery and you know if you don't have to have the infrastructure and, and no problems with contract brewing. Again, this isn't dying on a hill or anything like that, but you do see a lot of brands where they keep their day job, think that they can because they don't have to worry about making the beer, they can just make a couple of sales calls um and try and get the beer into market whilst still getting their income from their main job. You're competing against some very professional slick operations that it is their full time job. So yeah, so Pete, I, I think that
0: you're right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Wade's already got a top drawer, I think, full of um bar blades. So
2: <laughs> Port Wade. Thanks again oh, for coming. One. One. One.
0: <laughs> no, you won't be getting one. Someone else who's also got a fair collection of uh, bar blades is Josh Boyle. Um, Claire, this one for you. <laughs> yeah. Seltzer.
2: Indeed, I oh, love it. Uh, Josh <laughs> says, for all you hard seltzer fans. Well, there probably aren't that many, but why Claw is bringing out well,
0: Claire's, Claire's favorite brand? <laughs> oh my god, my favorite, my preferred
2: filter <laughs> Run uh, is bringing out a sixteen-ounce eight percent can. How much is sixteen ounces? Can anyone pick?
0: Sixteen ounces, I think four forty. Oh, okay. I'm say. All right, okay. I think twelve ounces what is, is our is the equivalent of our stubby, right? And okay. I think the 16 ounce is the bigger, what, yeah, like a,
2: yeah. it's, it's not a 473.176. Yeah, we're not out of Okay, so it's, um, four,
0: it's 473. Um, so this is closer to a pint. Because 425 think. is a schooner, isn't it? What the hell?
2: A pint of White Claw.
0: At 8%. <laughs> At 8%. Is, is White Claw normally 8%? Or is this um, a, like, White again Claw again, Claw It's imperial? starting to sound
1: like that little fat lamb, you know, when you get the two litre <laughs> bottle and you see photos of chips with a gaffer
0: tape to their If They start bringing them out in plastic. Yep. Two-litre easy-goers, yeah.
2: Um, and they're usually only 4.5% white claws.
0: Right, so this um, is imperial white claws. <laughs> hold on,
1: hold on. Now, this is This white is a talent. great example of, you know, wasn't seltzer portrayed as no sugar, lower, lower alcohol, alcohol, better for you drinking? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as, as a category, and now suddenly, well, you know, we need to so cater for those. You. <laughs> What's
0: better than more of it? And guys, yeah. guys, guys,
2: guys! It gets worse. Uh, looking at this just from a price point, it retails for two dollars ninety nine. Well, that's in the US. In the US, I was just about to say okay, in the USA. Um, this has made me realise the alcohol tax in the US is super low. Um, coupled with a comment from a French expat in New Orleans. They can buy a six-pack for what we pay for two singles. Now, is there the same issues with alcohol in the US as we are told we have in Australia? Shrug. Don't mm. know. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, 2 that's terrible. Have you ever had a full loco? That's no. pretty bad as well. I wouldn't recommend it.
0: <laughs> but don't forget the other thing too is, you know, if you go to um, Portland or Boston or whatever, you know, you walk into a CVS or a walgreens or a you know it's like walking into terry white chemist here and going i'll just grab a six pack of um you know moondog on the way out
2: yeah yeah it's completely different, and, and, pay, and pay
0: eight dollars for it you know so perhaps is is there you know the prevalence um means that it's not you know it's not a secret you know naughty pleasure
2: mm-hmm. yeah i, I mean know. america's another kettle official together isn't it on many things
0: Oh, for so many reasons for and in so, so many, many ways. Reasons. Yeah, exactly. But uh, imagine
2: what fair and hayback and stuff would say about, well, maybe not hayback, about two ninety nine for a bank. Yeah. That would be glorious.
0: Lordy, lordy. <laughs> um, now, I don't know, have we heard from Matt Breen from the Ooh. Facebook group? Is this maybe, Matt, if this is your first, the, the name's familiar, but I don't know that we've read it out, uh, read out a comment from you. So um, flick us a, uh, a postal address. Uh, Interesting. In a follow-up to recent Brews News discussions, I bought a discounted mixed four-pack of crafties from my local. One was undrinkable. One had a whole lot of floaties that sunk to the bottom of the glass. One was decent and one I'm yet to drink. Unfortunately, not a great experience all around. At least two of the beers shouldn't have even been on the shelves. All were in code. Oh,
2: that's not good, is it? And
1: this is somebody – I mean, if you listen to the podcast, he's not a casual consumer Mm. who has just heard a little bit about, oh, gee, all these people talking about craft beer – that mixed four pack might be a good way. I don't have to commit to a whole six pack of beers I may not like. Well, lucky he didn't, because if he'd chosen the
0: undrinkable one, he would have ended up with four or six. Sink pause. Yeah.
2: I would question the decision to accept a discounted mixed pack, though. What would make it discounted? How, well, well maybe if you might buy, buy rather than just buying buy a single Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so it may not have been like. Um, Sometimes they'll
0: do a ten percent discount. Mm. Usually, we, we don't know whether this was discount bin. Yeah, discount yeah, I'm, that's or, what I have in yeah. my head. I think, yeah. So I well, he did say they were they were all in code. Um, if it, yeah, look, and we don't know where he's where he's bought it from. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah, you know, from from his local, because mm-hmm. um, I know Uncle Dan's do have their their bargain bin, um, which is a real sort of lucky dip.
1: Mm. Yeah, but again, again, Curious. not not wanting to die on any hills, but this you know this, name the episode dying on a hill, <laughs> dying on a hill. um hill, hill to die on um but again you know like boundary pushing is awesome you know it, it's it's what keeps beer interesting and exciting and engages enthusiasts and those sorts of things but when you're pushing style boundaries you're also pushing capability,
0: technique, technique and, you know, quality. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes people forget that asking more of your ingredients than perhaps they're willing to give. Or, 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 do you or remember or the
1: ability but, of some of these beers to be packaged.
0: And, yeah. You know, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. You reminded me, remember very early on and the whole thing about NEPA was you can only get it at the brewery and yep. we want you to drink it there in front of us. Yep. We want, we want it to come straight from the bright tank and you drink it in front of us. And that's the only way we'll do it because anything other than that is a compromise on on quality and the next thing you know everyone's packaging them and i don't know that we've changed you know that we've we certainly you know uh, evidence would suggest that we haven't yet worked out uh how to fine tune the process to to stabilize these beers or to make them presentable them 6 months date 10 minutes later yeah and
1: mate, the other thing is you know i've, I've talked about the uh, natural beer promise that line brought out that they didn't include tetrahops in, you know, they were trying to sort of make beer seem natural and competing against craft beer. These days, hazies do not, because of, you know, for a whole host of um, reasons to do with complex chemistry that I don't fully understand. But if if you've seen a lot of these really soupy, thick, um, you know, hazy beers, they don't maintain a head because technically they're not able to, to do that um, and there was a really good podcast i think on the um, pro brewer you know american pro brewers or master brewers podcast with charlie bamforth the Pope of foam was talking about foam and the challenges in beer but you know brewers craft brewers you know the malt water hops and yeast guys are now throwing tetra hop in because it is foam positive and it creates a stable foam in their beer which once upon a time you know you know Brewers uh, talk, you know, talk about, oh, you know, we we use enzymes not to lighten the body of it and make it more drinkable or anything like that. We do it to advance our art of craft brewing, you know. So, and that was brewed IPA, but now you've got brewers just chucking in the uh, tetra hops, not for any reason other than the beer that they've made cannot hold a head, and a head is a desirable part of the physical appearance of a beer. And so they're just chucking it in purely for aesthetic reasons. Now, again, no issue at all. Um, but we're closing the loop on something that, if we're doing things like that just to give a beer an appearance that, that we want, and we're not put, you know, it's not craft brewing. It is brewing, you know, it, it is just chucking stuff in there for a result, which is industrial brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't see the narrative changing um, around it, you know, and and they're not openly um, often admitting that they're doing it. So, you know, yeah, if if we're pushing boundaries, um, then we're going to start having issues that were some of the reasons that these boundaries weren't being pushed in the first place. Maybe
2: we should see if we can get Matt some nice beers.
1: I've got some. I've got, I've got <laughs> We've got, got absolutely of
2: nice tons of them in the office right now, although some of them slightly questionable. Um, <laughs> so we'll have to see what we do. do. <laughs> I do
0: know of a beer that's being packaged uh, mid next week um, out Ooh. at Bad Shepherd. Is it? Is this the Pilsner Lager? A brand new oh, the Pilsner. Pilsner. Yeah, the Professor's Pilsner. Um, so I'll see if I can uh, hook a six pack and get it up to you. Just uh, just send us your um, your postal address there. Your media credentials, and I'll, uh, I'll see what I can. I'll see what I can do. Um, one quick one uh, via email that um, that I got, uh, dear Matt Pete and Claire, And this is this is just a shameful, shameless plug for you. Send me a um, a bar blade. Thanks for the show. It's my regular Friday morning, enjoyable, educational commute noise. <laughs> oh, I was incredulous okay. that it took to the uh, thirty-minute mark last week uh, for a brew update. <laughs>
2: We did, did we not. No, we didn't have a brew. They're going to be launching their he's financials. Taking, he's taking the piss out of us.
0: We're no, going to be sure. <laughs> their financials fairly soon.
2: I know. I've seen good drinks today, so yep. they'll be next.
0: So then he goes on to say, I finger-peck this message on a cracked screen iPhone in the vain hope that it will make me eligible for a new bottle opener. <laughs> They're like hen's teeth in my house after the wife's lockdown-inspired clear-out. Um, as I'm wishing to be drinking large quantities of Austria's finest, brackets, trimmer pills, uh, I'm indeed in desperate need. Bless the Aussie brewers for their cans are not a fad options. Uh, I can still slake my thirst. Keep up the good work. And that's Mick Mick Hulse from uh, Bandwagon Beverages. Thanks, Aww. Mick. I get
1: his yeah. uh, postal address, uh, Mick, as you're listening. We'll start early. Actually, yep. um, I might even tee up. Mick's a guy who I would love to sit down and have a conversation with. Um, I, I think... How long I do Pete? have him
0: on my list, but if you want to, we can catch oh, no, no,
1: him. No, Pe- oh, no, no, you, you no, You do it then, Pete. Um, you just had been uh, very quiet on the. I'm getting sick of the sound of my own voice. So, uh, if you want to get out
0: and interview him, that would be a great one. I shall do. Yep, he's he's on my list. Uh, that uh, brings us pretty tightly and nicely and neatly to uh, about an hour, Matt. Which I think is you know because weather. I don't know about you guys up there, but the weather down here getting a bit cooler. I did notice. I was watching. Uh, I think the Brisbane Lions game was it. It's been a bit wet up there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was. It's been yeah, a over glorious. East doing that, it oh, I thought this last week was was a bit uh, inclement, no, it's, but it's been um, chilly,
2: but it hasn't been rainy. We're sounds.
0: getting the most beautiful Melbourne autumn down here, where it's just crisp mm. and clear in the mornings, and then it warms up nicely, and then as the sun sets, it sort of gets a bit cooler again. Mm. Um, we call those uh, seasons. For you guys up there?
2: <laughs> I don't remember them. It's been many moons since I've experienced a proper season.
0: But wherever you are, I hope you are uh, enjoying whatever weather the good Lord has provided you with. And um, thank you very much to Crymalt, to uh, Relling's Labels Stickers and Packaging, and uh, to Thirsty Merchants for all your support. And don't forget, to the AIBA presentation dinner. I'm not sure when the – I do believe that the format that they went with in 2019 they have decided is a successful one, um, so they'll be redoing that. But I don't know if the hosts have been announced as yet. I get the feeling that things are starting to settle down a bit now we're getting you know uh, past that kind of shit the bed stage of you know somebody sneezes and we lock all the borders so I really do hope that um, the brewers can because it'd just be great um, you know after 12 months to get everyone back together and enjoy a true, a true celebration of um, of everything that is beer can't wait in this wonderful industry so it's Thursday the 20th of May um, tickets online now rasv.com.au forward slash beer. Uh, and also, I did notice this week, a uh, call out for stewards. So I think, I don't know if preference will be given to Victorian-based. Um, again, I, I think there might be a bit of a We'll have to push feel that out on it. socials. I hadn't seen that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, did, I noticed Damien Newstig um, from RSV, who's back at RSV looking after um, competitions uh, and particularly the uh, AIBAs, uh, put a call out uh, just yesterday, I saw. So, um, yeah, if you can help out, it, as I, it's, a, it's a great way to get involved and um, the more the merrier. Although I think, I, I believe that there's still fairly strict COVID protocols, um, but it, it's still, it's a lot of fun. And on that note, uh, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other and wash your damn hands. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Claire. Cheers, Pete. Has been a pleasure yet again, and we'll see you all next week. I've been your host, Pete Mitchum, and it has been a pleasure uh, looking after you all with another edition of Bruise News Week. And we'll see you all for the next one. And we're out. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. Oh, that's beautiful. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at BruiseNews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation.